back to another episode of the Touch Points podcast put on by East Point Bible Church. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode, where we will take a dive into a familiar but often poorly followed biblical text found in the book of Hebrews. The main passage we will be looking at in today's podcast episode is Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23 through verse 25, which says this, Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how to stimulate one another to love and good deeds, not forsaking our own assembling together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. To begin our study in this passage, let's start with a question. And this question is geared towards the flow or the purpose uh, that this podcast is being recorded. Is what percentage of church gatherings on the Lord's Day should a believer go to in order to be obedient to Scripture? Or maybe I should word it differently. How many Sundays should a Christian attend in order to be obedient to Scripture? Now, I'm sure if I asked a lot of you, you would give different answers. Some of you might give a number. Some of you might give a principle. Some of you might give um, an opinion, uh, your own personal preference or what you feel convicted about. The question isn't intended uh, to be answered uh, dogmatically with a specific, specific percentage, but really to get our minds contemplating the idea of what obedience to the command to gather together looks like. In your individual Christian life, what is obedient church attendance? In your own personal circumstances, what is conformity to God's expectations for you to assemble with his people? I'm sure many of us have personal opinions or personal convictions about how frequently we should be assembling together with our brothers and sisters in Christ when the opportunity is provided. For some, they feel like they should be there every time the doors are open, that there's an opportunity outside of Sundays throughout the week. For others, gathering on Sunday they see as the only important, necessary time. Uh, For others, gathering is the norm, but it isn't required when other things pop up or other things are planned on that day occasionally. Or many people view gathering together like going to the gym. They know that it's beneficial, but... Their frequency is only a matter of priority when it impacts how they want to feel. And so it's a really a personal status or personal condition thing. And so in this discussion about what attendance and assembling obediently looks like and what the expectations are for church attendance, we need to be careful about being dogmatic about our own opinion or feelings. Scripture alone has the right to establish the standards for gathering together, which all believers are, in turn, expected to follow. The morality of assembling isn't one of personal opinion or preference, but biblical directive. God's word is clear on the expectations of gathering, both its purpose and its frequency. Now, Scripture does not give a percentage or number of times that the Christian must gather with other believers during the week. But the absence of a number does not mean that Scripture is void of any expectations for gathering. 
Rather, what we see is that the expectations for gathering are communicated through principles, not metrics. And so with this in mind, the right question to ask in regard to church attendance is this. What principles does Scripture establish that describes obediently assembling together with the saints? Now let's look at our passage for the answer. Hebrews 10, 23-25 contains the conclusive thoughts of the author after establishing the believer's hope in the high priestly ministry of Christ. Uh, Hebrews chapter 10, 19 through 20 summarizes the majority of the author's focus in the first nine chapters of Hebrews, which is that Christ is the superior high priest who provided the superior sacrifice so that believers might be able to draw near to God through Christ's representation. And in light of our hope in Christ, the author clearly has two main things he wants the recipients to know or practice. First, we see in verse 22 of Hebrews 10 that believers should hold fast to the confession of Jesus Christ as our eternal hope in heaven without wavering because God is faithful to himself and his promises, which is, our, which is what our hope is based in. The second point we will elaborate on, elaborate on for the sake of our discussion we see this in verse 24 and 25, is that believers should stir one another to love and good deeds by being together as an encouragement to one another, increasingly more as we get closer to Christ returning, which is the complete fulfillment of our hope. Now let's break down our, pa- our, our passage so we can build together our case for understanding this passage. The main verb is consider, which means to give extra or careful thought or consideration to. The author wants believers to give extra thought and effort to stimulating, which in the Greek literally means to incite or stir, other believers to do as they should, which is to love and do good deeds. One another is a critical word because it shows the recipients of our considering, of our stimulating that we are to stimulate one another. We are to consider how to stir up one another, other believers, to love and good deeds. One another suggests that believers are in one another's presence so that the action will be taking place. The subsequent thought confirms the implied expectation that believers are together stirring one another to love and doing good. The author wants the recipients to not forsake coming together as believers. Forsaking here means to leave behind or abandon. Apparently, there were some believers that made a habit or a custom, a normal or usual behavior, of avoiding gathering together with other believers. The author knew of believers that were intentionally avoiding assembling together. In contrast with this habit of abandoning the assembling together of believers, believers are instead to be encouraging, to be uplifting or helping one another in the faith in greater regularity and emphasis as the return of Christ gets closer. And so with this summary of the passage, what do we learn about the gathering together of the saints from this passage? 
First, we clearly see that Christians have a responsibility to one another. Despite our upbringing or personality or personal feelings, there is no such thing as an independent Christian that does not need others or is cleared from having to benefit or help others. To live as we should in Christ, believers are interdependent, both being stirred to live righteously and stirring others to live righteously by word or example. Quite obviously from this text, we gather that the mutual benefit and need of believers to gather together, that we mutually benefit and mutually need one another. Loving as we should is a struggle. Living as we should is difficult. But collectively, when believers are together, we are to be spiritually kickstarting one another to obedience and being kickstarted ourselves. This spiritual encouragement and excitement are not done accidentally, but through intentionally considering how one might do it to one another. So we are to put careful thought when we gather together how to stir up one another to live as we should. We are to put energy, resources, thought, motivation behind thinking how we can stimulate, stir up one another, and also others to us. Now, how do we stimulate one another in our walks with Christ? We do this by being together with a purpose to encourage one another. This essential role of stirring one another up cannot be done if believers are not together. Those who abandon the gathering, abandon the calling, calling to stimulate a brother or sister in Christ in their walk. An important note on the action of forsaking the assembling together as a habit. This action is intentional and avoidable. Notice that it is referred to as a habit meaning that some believers were making it the norm or custom of their lives to intentionally choose not to assemble with other believers when the opportunity arose. There is a critical difference between being unable to gather and being unwilling to gather. Many believers cannot gather consistently because of legitimate sickness, overwhelming responsibility, or unavoidable circumstance. So the forsaking in mind here is the choice not to gather. It is the choice to put other things in front of gathering or simply to reject the importance of gathering together. Now, following the warning to avoid forsaking the assembling together, the author of Hebrews writes another imperative essential action that should characterize our being together. And that action is encouragement. Christians assemble together, not only because of its command in scripture, but its encouraging benefit. Encouragement, as we have stated, refers to the uplifting or helping someone in a spiritually beneficial way. It literally means to call to one side 
in a judicial sense of a lawyer or a representative coming to one side in a helper, assistant kind of way. Now, in this context, it refers to the uplifting or the helping or assisting of a believer in a very spiritual, intentional way. All believers need encouragement because we're all prone to mentalities that can harm our love and our good deeds because of our flesh. Listen to this passage from earlier in Hebrews. Uh, Hebrews chapter 3, verse 13 says this, But encourage one another day after day, as long as it is still called today, so that none of you will be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. Believers can fall into sin and slip away from the way we are supposed to live in Christ, and we can have our hope in Christ clouded by doubt or insecurity. Assembling together enables us to receive the essential encouragement from one another that both energizes and corrects us in our spiritual walk. So when we forsake the assembling together with other believers, that keeps you away from the encouragement and keeps others away from receiving encouragement from you. The writer in Hebrews intends to make a contrast between forsaking and encouraging with the word Allah or but in English, a conjunction which emphasizes contrast. Avoiding the assembling of ourselves together cannot produce anything positive, unlike gathering together, which brings spiritual encouragement. In the last phrase of our passage, we read, that we are to do these things all the more as we see the day drawing near. All the near conveys the idea of increasing in greatness or extent the action just referenced, which is encouragement. And so our faithfulness to assemble together and encourage one another in our assembling should increase extensively as we see the coming of of our Lord Jesus Christ as closer than before. The heart of being together is helping one another, being ready for the day, the day that Jesus returns or calls us home. Because what comes when Jesus comes? Judgment. And so in light of his imminent coming, believers should increase their commitment to be encouraged by and encourage other believers by assembling together with spiritual purpose. And so from this passage... How do we answer our question from earlier, which was that what principles does Scripture establish that describe obediently assembling together with the saints? I hope that the answer is clear from our examination of this wonderful passage. Believers need to assemble together because we mutually need to be encouraged and encourage one another in our walks with Christ and in remaining steadfast in our hope. Assembling has an imperative spiritual purpose for all believers. Because of this, believers should avoid the intentional abandonment of assembling regularly as a habit. 
gathering with other believers is spiritually essential, not optional. The habit of forsaking the opportunity to assemble with other believers is not only disobedient, but detrimental. While there's no metric or number requirement, there is expectation. Make assembling with one another a priority because the stirring up and encouragement that assembling together brings is essential to our walk with Christ and continuation in the hope of Christ. We need one another and we need to assemble like it. I hope this episode has both challenged and encouraged your perception on assembling together as saints. Go assemble, and God bless. We hope to connect with you on the next episode of the Touchpoints podcast.